When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up rolls on. On this MLK day, it is... Uh, Hour three of our five-hour conversation this morning, talking uh, a Cowboys collapse of epic proportion. Last two Januarys were bitter, disappointing, tough, hard-fought losses to a really good San Francisco team, back-to-back Januarys. But uh, this was uh, unseen. This was a Cowboys team that was out-prepared, out-coached, out-schemed, out-played at home, where they've been 16-0 and in the last two years with 10 pro bowlers or nine pro bowlers on the roster against the youngest roster in pro football, or at least in the playoffs this year, youngest in the NFC with a quarterback making his playoff debut, Rod. Mm, yeah, I know, but Jordan Love, he was – I mean, it, it, I know a lot of people hadn't paid attention, but he was playing like a top-five quarterback in the league in the last eight weeks of the season or so. And I thought, yeah, the Cowboys defense would be able to confuse the young QB. Nah, I was wrong about that. I mean, he lit him up. He well, lit the Cowboys up. He really did. almost had a perfect pass rating, 157, I believe. It's funny. In both cases, I, I was watching uh, when the, before the Texans game with the Browns. I was watching the NFL Network, and every one of their insider, every one of their, you know, they have like nine people to do a pregame show. Every <laughs> single one of them picked the Browns. And then yesterday yeah. on Fox, every single one of the uh, analysts picked the Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> and every single one was We wrong. picked the Texans. I remember that. I think I all did. of us picked the Texans. I did. I did pick the Cowboys, so I thought the Cowboys would win that game. I knew the, the Green Bay Packers would play well, but I thought the Cowboys would win. I did pick – we all picked the Texans. Yeah. Uh, I did think, having seen them just, you know, Christmas Eve, I think it was going to help D'Amico Ryans and his defense, plus getting healthy with Will Anderson having and Jonathan Grenard back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, that was really, really I didn't know big. they'd whip them. I know they whipped the Browns. I mean, the Browns had the number one pass defense going into that. That was the number one pass defense and number one total defense in the league. Yeah, and they shredded them. I mean, and that's where I say it was about C.J. Stroud. But at the same time, Bobby Slowick gets huge bouquets this morning because his game plan, their offensive coordinator, was awesome. I want to uh, say they averaged eight, uh, over like eight yards per play. And you, you documented <laughs> last week, which was illuminating, that uh, C.J. Stroud – you know, whatever the word struggle is for him this year. He has struggled more with man coverage than zone coverage. Yep. And the, the Browns play a lot of single high man. They play a lot of man. They torched it. And think they about did. how they use the over-aggressive Browns defense and you know, all the misdirection, all the throwbacks, all the play action, uh, everything to get that defense going one way and come back the other. Uh, I mean, they fly to the football, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, you know, come back the other way. I mean, because as good as C.J. was, I mean, you also have to give credit to the game plan and the ex- the, 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 the plays that were called. Game plan. Because receivers were running wide open. Mm-hmm. I mean, wide open. I mean, Nico Collins, first touchdown, he's untouched. You know, Dalton Schultz, touchdown for the half, he's running free. I mean, they'll drop it in the bucket, CJ. Uh, just so that's that's good game planning and scheming. And this is what Matt LaFleur did to the Cowboys, by the way. <laughs> Let's it was not a forget. Great scam. He scored on that first drive. They went down on the Cowboys, and they did a lot of it running the football. And I remember I told you guys going into the uh, that game, Aaron Jones had rushed the last three games, had rushed for over 100 yards in each of the last three games. And if you looked at his efficiency, his success rate, he was actually getting more and more efficient with his runs. And, man, he ran it down the Cowboys' throat. They really did. They were they were a balanced attack. They could run it. Cowboys couldn't stop them. They couldn't make them one-dimensional. They were able to run it, and they were able to throw it. They kept the Cowboys all on their heels, early down, play action, pass. And, and Matt LaFleur won the, won the coin toss and took, took the ball. It. Yeah, that's a he news. He made a statement. He's like, no, no, I got a script here. We're going we gonna to dial it up. And he kind of set the Cowboys well, I thought, up. I know how Greg Olson said it. I mean, against the Cowboys, you have to stay. You can't play from behind. That's true. Uh, and you got to stay balanced. Yeah, and you can't let your quarterback, you know, can't let this pass rush tee, tee off. on. Yeah, and they didn't. It was a, it, it really was amazing. I mean, we can get into it a little bit later on, but Jordan loves ability to buy time 
that's and you said it, man, they were able to take advantage of some little pockets of vulnerability within the Cowboys defense that we hadn't seen exposed all season long because he bought time. He bought himself time, whether he was they were moving the pocket or whether he was extending the play, second reaction Dropping plays. Dropping back and just kind of throwing off his back foot with yes. that strong arm of his. He, whatever it was to buy that extra half a second so that, that that drag route or that deep six route could clear, he did. And it, it you're right. The Cowboys, you can tell one of the, the holes in their defense. They play a lot of man-to-man. They do a lot of twists and stunts up front. But if they don't get home, there is their place to be made, and they did not get home enough. Yeah, it was a complete uh, pantsing yeah. from one coaching staff to the other, and that was in both games, in Houston and in oh, yeah. uh, oh, in in, uh, in Green with Green Bay and Dallas yesterday. Let me say this on the Texans too, before we get to the other headlines of the morning after Super Wild Card Weekend. You said they have to do something with Amari Cooper, uh, who had oh, 265 yards receiving in Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Derek Stingley aligned a cross from Amari Cooper on 25 of 42 routes, so 83 and a half percent of his routes. Yeah. Stingley allowed just one reception for minus six yards on three targets. The uh, third pick of the draft a couple years ago uh, turned into a cornerstone for Houston. And let me say this. I'm talking about Nick Casario and the players he's brought in. You know, middle of the year, Rod, when, they're long, when, the, uh, when the Texans had injuries at, at their pass rusher spot with Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson, he picked up Derek Barnett, a former first-round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles, who the Eagles had let go yeah. because they had all the young talent they brought in. Derek Barnett was on the street. And he had a huge impact on the game. His hit on Joe Flacco before the half prevented the, the – uh, and a sack on Joe Flacco right before the half prevented the Browns getting any points before the half. Then his hit on Joe Flacco early in the third quarter, Derek Barnett coming off the edge, uh, forced the interception that led to the Steven Nelson pick six for 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was awesome. And that's the guy that they found on the street. Uh, give Nick Casario some credit because it's a total team effort in Houston right now. Mm-hmm. Same for Green Bay, and the Cowboys are left to wonder what the hell just happened. Uh, that was uh, really, really bad in Dallas yesterday because it's good as the – and I think the Browns would be saying the same thing. It was uh, Kevin Stefanski after the game saying, we picked a really bad day to have a bad day. And But that's the playoffs. You don't get a bad day in the yeah. playoffs, Rod. You don't get one. Yeah. And that's up to your coach. Um, that's up to your staff. you got to have a great game plan and uh, – Browns were lame. Now, look, I mean, it was 24 to 14 at the half, and I felt like, you know, you still felt like Joe Flacco had something, but the, the defense that, that, uh, and the, the game plan that D'Amico Ryans had in the second half with a 10-point lead, you know, giving, keeping everything in front of them mm-hmm. and forcing Joe Flacco, which we talked about, how are the Texans going to win this game? they got to win the turnover battle because the Browns are the most turnover-prone team in the league. Turn a lot of us, but and they turned them into points. And they, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's they, how they blew the game out. Yeah, that's what they, they really changed because they literally those turnovers were turned into points, pick sixes. That's, like I said, that I think for Joe Flacco, ultimately that was it for him. Turnovers enough. They've been surviving that. I told you guys, they've been winning games in spite of turning the ball over but they hadn't been pick sixes. Like yeah, that. those two back to back. I mean, that was yeah, that, that was, was over. Good, blew the game wide. But open. if you saw this, is what you love, we played Dan Campbell sound just a little bit ago and bullish or BS talking about you know coaching and vision. Look at D'Amico Ryan's when Christian Harris came off the field after he had that pick six when he jumped the route um, to the tight end and, and Joe Flacco threw his second consecutive pick six. Who was the first one to meet Christian Harris is a third round pick of the Texas out of Alabama, and you know D'Amico's been working with him specifically about coverage about coverage rod and seeing it, trusting his eyes and jumping a route when you see it. He's, he's a good play. He's a good player, a linebacker in, in run support and coming up and being aggressive. But in coverage, he struggled. And to see D'Amico Ryan's jumping up and down with him, that's like a, that's a teacher, Rod. That's a coach. He's coaching. Seeing it all come together in the biggest spot, that's great coaching right there. And uh, Christian Harris, you know, another one of those young building block players for the Houston Texans moving forward. They will play either in Baltimore or in Kansas City on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Packers are headed to San Francisco uh, to play this weekend. Cowboys season is over. Uh, we'll hear from Jerry Jones coming up. We'll also talk uh, plenty of Texas football. Let's actually get you caught up on all the Texas football news because there's a ton going on. Let's get you caught up with the top headlines. Top Gun Reynolds and Lot Equipment bring you the news. And, yeah, we know what went on with Super Wild Card Weekend. Best game of the weekend came last night when the Lions held on to beat the Rams 24-23 to in the game of the weekend. Lions' first playoff win in 32 years. They'll now host the winner of tonight's Philadelphia-Tampa Bay game in Tampa. Winner will go to Detroit. Meanwhile, 3-30 today in Buffalo. It's the other wild card game. Steelers will be at Buffalo. Still severe issues going on in Buffalo with snow on the ground and it's still snowing. Um, that game... Could be in doubt, I guess. We'll see. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, 3.30 kick time in Buffalo today. 
Uh, Longhorns had a very busy and eventful weekend on the football side of things. It started on Saturday morning when Texas AD Chris Del Conte announced that Steve Sarkeesian, halfway through his original six-year contract, he and the program agreed to a four-year extension to that deal that will now run through 2030. deal comes with a pretty significant pay raise, of course. Later on Saturday, defensive back John A. Barron announced that he plans to return to Texas for his final season of eligibility. He will not enter the NFL draft. Huge decision for that uh, rebuilt Longhorn secondary. He's won Big 12 honors each of the past two seasons. Honorable mention in 2020. Second team this past season. Good news continued early yesterday when now former Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond committed to Texas following a weekend visit. Junior to be was the first Bama player to enter the portal when Nick Saban retired last Tuesday. Uh, the elite speedster, originally from Buford, Georgia, spent two seasons in Tuscaloosa, led the Crimson Tide in catches with 68 this past year and yards with 668. Uh, an absolute uh, burner. Uh, after uh, Also yesterday afternoon, multiple reports to Texas defense, former Texas defensive backs coach Dwayne Aquina is expected to return to the Longhorns for a role within Steve Sarkeesian's program. 67-year-old spent this past season as an analyst with Jed Fish at Arizona, where he worked alongside the new Texas defensive line uh, linebackers coach Johnny Nansen. Of course, for 12 years, from 01 to 13, was the architect of DBU here in Austin. Other big college football news from the weekend. Washington's Kalen DeBoer hired to replace Nick Saban in Alabama on Friday. Late yesterday, Arizona's Jed Fish was tabbed to hire uh, to replace DeBoer at UW. Uh, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy announced he is entering the NFL draft. The McCarthy decision comes amid reports that Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh will interview for the San Diego Chargers head coaching position this week. And finally, uh, from college football, former Incarnate Word and Washington State quarterback Cam Ward announced that he is transferring to Miami. Going to play for the U. Not a good weekend for the Texas basketball teams. Both finding uh, road and road life in the Big 12 tough. Texas men lost at West Virginia 76-73. Texas women dropped a heartbreaker in Manhattan to Kansas State 61-58. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Dak Prescott now 2-5 and five in his playoff career. That is tied for the lowest postseason QB win percentage, a little over uh, 28%. I guess you can round it up to 29% if you want to. Uh, but the lowest postseason QB win percentage in the Super Bowl era with a minimum of five starts. He's tied with Alex Smith and Billy Kilmer. There you go. I mean, I guess that's something. Yeah, the Cowboys do seem like now what they're dealing with is it just seems like it's systemic when you look at all the stats, right? The Cowboys haven't advanced beyond the division round since 95, lost in the wild card this year. 5-13 and 13 in the playoffs since 96. Only team with 10-plus losses and five or fewer wins in that time span. They keep getting – very close, but they can't get past that divisional round. Like they just that is it seems to be right now the ceiling on these Dallas Cowboys. You brought the stat first team to win twelve games in three straight seasons and fail to make the conference championship in any of them because there is this right now, whatever it is, there's something limiting this uh organization. We, even with it's Tony Romo, I'm a homosexual. I love me some Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. And I'm not a Dak hater but you go look at it, the Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. They, they keep getting to this point, and then they keep coming up short over and over again. Now we have decades of this happening, different quarterbacks, different head coaches. You know, There's something going on. they got to examine this. It's going to be a, a deep introspection for the Cowboys trying to figure out before they make a move and hiring another head coach, you know, they'll just hire another head coach without figuring out what's holding you back well, from getting past I this. Know. And that's the, 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 the point. The, the macro conversation is, is going to be the bigger one today. The micro conversation comes to your point. But I'm just looking at it thinking, okay, what can the plan be? I think the plan is and was Mike McCarthy developing Dak Prescott and getting the most out of him. But to your point that you've made a million times, you know, this general manager has never really invested in quarterback. You know, Jordan Love, the, when having a Hall of Fame quarterback on their team, they traded up to draft a quarterback. You know, C.J. Stroud was the second pick of the draft. They invested in quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a high first-round pick. Uh, Josh Allen's a high first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, this is this league, and you have to have the coach with the vision who hires a young offensive coordinator who cultivates a quarterback. I, again, I don't have any dislike for Dak Prescott. I do think he lacks an elite gene. I do think he lacks a clutch gene. I think that's been shown over and over and over. Uh, look, the Cowboys had three games this year where we all sat here and said, man, this is a, this is a huge game, litmus test game, where they can show what they're going to be about. It happened early October when they went to San Francisco and got flattened 42-10. to 10. 
They had another one where, okay, then they beat a bunch of bad teams, got on a run, and then they beat Philadelphia, who was mm-hmm. we now know was in the midst in of the collapsing. spiral. Yeah. yeah. And the Cowboys were a part of that spiral of the Eagles, where some people are wondering if Nick Sirianni is going to get fired if they lose tonight. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, because Harry Roseman don't play. Yeah, and they're 25-9 and nine under his yeah. tenure, but they've collapsed. Uh, and he has not led them but the wrong direction. So we'll see. And you're right, Howie Roseman, not messing around. Yeah, <laughs> ask Doug Peters. Ask Doug Super Bowl, like, nah, you ain't safe. No, you ain't safe. <laughs> There's no safe here. And, well, so, um, so then the Cowboys get another opportunity. Okay, then they, they beat the Eagles. Remember that? And it's like, oh, man, they're going to be. Well, then, okay, now they have a big road game against Buffalo. They were no-shows, Rod. Complete no-shows. 31-10. to 10. It wasn't even that close. Josh Allen, they didn't have to. Remember, Josh Allen didn't have to do anything. Completed nine passes because they just gouged him with a run. And then they followed that up with a loss at Miami. Yep. So I guess what we saw Saturday or Sunday shouldn't have been too surprising. We've seen it three times this year. When the pressure's here, they're down here. And is it coaching? Is it quarterback? Is it all of it? I don't know. But three times this year they had big games, big marquee. Okay, here's what we are, heavyweight matchups, and they didn't show up for any of them. And yesterday, you know, we didn't think the Packers were a heavyweight, but you've been talking about how the last two months they've been playing kind of like a heavyweight where they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Lions, they beat some good teams, they played their way in. They've been playing playoff football for three weeks now yeah. to make the playoffs, and they came in and beat your butts. And um, so, I mean, just I don't, I don't know what the plan can be. I really don't. I mean, do you fire the co- – as we've talked about, they, they, have, they, they have nine pro bowlers. Nine all pros. All, pro, all pros, I mean. Yeah, nine all second. pros. That's, yeah, that's all a bigger pros. deal. That's a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all pro. Best player at your the position. Most, the most in the NFL, by the way. And if Trayvon Diggs were healthy, you'd have ten. Yeah. At corner. So you're, you're really talented, but you're really capped out. You have a, a receiver in C.D. Lamb who some think is the best receiver in his league. Uh, he needs a new contract. Micah Parsons needs a new contract. Dak Prescott, you know, they're walking about an extension. But we talked about all the, all the free agents. Tony Pollard's a free agent. Tyler Biotis, uh, Tyron Smith. Um, you know, key guys across this football team are free agents. How do you re-sign them all? How can you bring this team back even close to the – to the depth chart that it was this year. Stephon Gilmore is a free agent. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks was brought in here on a, on a short-term deal. Uh, all these things. Michael, I mean, you have so many issues to deal with, and I don't know. This was the window for me. And so the, the, the plan now is almost to reboot it uh, around Dak, I suppose, and around C.D. Lamb and Micah Parsons, but you're going to lose a lot of good players. You, you're just yeah. going to have to. You might lose Dan Quinn. You might lose Dan course. Quinn. You're going to have a lot of attrition to some of your, you know, second-level stars. I mean, there are going to be cap casualties here to get yourself cap right. Remember, right before the – and this is – we talked about this back in preseason, Rod, uh, when Hook'em Up first began. Zach Martin had the holdout because Zach yep. Martin's agent knew, mm-hmm. I got to get my money now. Before Micah gets his. Right. Yeah. Like, because the window's now. And, and his agent was shrewd enough to say, Zach, it's July. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pull the hole out, do it now. I can look at their cap numbers. They're in trouble. If you want to get your bump and get your, your little last big deal here. Get in line. Get, get ahead of the group. Get it now. Yeah. Because no, no matter how great this season goes, if you, if you wait, you may not get it. And so he held the ground. He knew how important this season was for Jerry Jones. And in the end, you know, he held out and he gave in and Should gave him the contract. Move. And now he got his bag. And now we'll see. I mean, the, the, well, that further ex- exacerbates their cap problem. Because Jerry said, "I don't. We don't want to go here. We got to pay Micah. We got to pay CD. We already paid Zach. Well, Zach got his money. Zach Zach was smart. He did that. Pull that Zeke on him. That's yeah, what did. Zeke did. Yeah, Zeke did. did it too. Yeah, smart move, man. Yeah, smart so, move. And that's where Jerry Jones, the overly attached, emotional owner, not the shrewd football investigator, who mm-hmm. you know, general manager who's callous, but he said, no, 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 no." You know, we can. We're not going to give in to that. We can't do it. We don't have the cap space to do this right now. We've already paid Zach Martin a lot of money. Yep. But he wants one more bag. No, yeah, he wants one more. But you know what? And Jerry was. You say he was desperate. He figured this year because Jerry also knew this is the year. We got to do it. If not this year, we're going to change a lot. Yeah. Uh, the face of this team, the, 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 essentially, the face of this team will look very different. And the this complexion is, uh, of it, I they have say. to extend Dak to reduce the cap. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, that's true. They have to extend Dak's per contract again yep. to, to make to, it more to cap spread friendly. it out yeah. 
to, to to make it even feasible to do all the things they because they're already over the cap. Well, the, the, listen, guys, they're not moving on from Dak anyway. I don't know. No, they, they, no. They, Dak is what you are. Listen, Dak was a happy accident. Y'all are lucky to have Dak. The truth is, the Cowboys have been so irresponsible with their quarterback, with their approach to quarterback and quarterback evaluation and quarterback acquisition that I consider them to be the luckiest team in the NFL uh, when it comes to QB. How many teams have Tony Romo, an undrafted free agent, as a franchise quarterback? Don't happen very often, right? You're talking about Kurt Warner's of the world, maybe a Warren Moon. Those are very, very special, unique circumstances. But it just don't happen. Kurt Warner. All right? It just just don't happen very often. And then Dak Prescott, remember, he was a third-string quarterback for you. You had Kellen Moore ahead of him. You thought Tony Romo was going to be your guy. He was a happy accident. You had no idea Dak was going to end up being the franchise quarterback for you. You tried to trade for Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook. Hell, you even wanted Johnny Manziel at one point. Because of the and I believe the Cowboys still at this point, if I'm not mistaken, have drafted the fewest quarterbacks in the NFL For sure. since 2000. And it got a little bit better with Mike McCarthy, but when you're irresponsible when, at your approach to quarterback, and look at that compared <laughs> to the Green Bay Packers that we discussed and their approach to quarterback, it comes back to haunt you. And I'm not saying, listen, Dak is a, Dak is a quarterback, starting quarterback and a franchise quarterback in the league, but you go look at all the other teams around you, and they found a way to – upgrade during that same time span the last 20 years several times when you've been unable to upgrade you've been um, held ransom and handcuffed to quarterbacks who at times have held your organization back or they've limited your possibility as an organization and the the 49ers have been more uh, I think savvy and responsible when it comes to quarterback evaluation and acquisition the Eagles have been all these organizations around you the the Rams that have won Super Bowls and competed for Super Bowls around you in this NFC go look at their approach to quarterback way more responsible and way more progressive and modern than the Cowboys antiquated approach it's crazy and intelligent. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the Packers had a su- succession plan for Aaron Rodgers because oh. they knew it would come to an end at some point. Do you know you're going to hit on Jordan Love? No. But you have to have a plan. Um, you know, the, pa- the, the Eagles, who we'll see what they do, but they were in the Super Bowl one year ago. Um, they oh, had man. a quarterback in Carson Wentz and still drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round because they saw quarterback talent. Even though know, they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, the 49ers, yes, Brock Purdy's a happy accident for them, but they tr- they tried to go get Trey Lance, who, by the way, the Cowboys brought in. That, you know, that was smart. Be, like said, like said, they've be, been better about that it That is lately. better I because like it. it's yeah. actually, oh, look, there's a, a high-value p- player exactly. at quarterback who we bring in. They don't usually do that and have not done it. That's some credit to Mike McCarthy. But you're never going to find the happy accident unless you keep drafting quarterbacks. Tom Brady was a happy accident, too, right, in the sixth round. You've got to keep drafting them and then you'll find them that it, it, the 49ers say channel probably saved his job by drafting Brock Purdy and finding Brock Purdy because the Trey Lance experiment was disastrous but they saved it on the back end by drafting quarterbacks acquiring well, quarterbacks even, even the teams that are going to play in the playoffs tonight uh, and, and over this weekend you know when the Lions needed a quarterback when Dan Campbell got there with uh, Brad Holmes their GM you know, they made the trade, but they brought in a guy who was the former number one overall pick. High upside. And Jared Goff, who had lost favor with Sean McVay, he had a high ceiling. They've worked. I mean, you heard Chris Collins. We're talking about it over and over last night. They've worked diligently to bring restore this guy's confidence and get him back to just playing football. And they put good players around him and a good running game and good receivers. Um, you know, he may not be Matt Stafford, but it's a much better team in Detroit than Matt Stafford ever had. Yeah. And, you know, Matt Stafford, he showed you last night, he's still an elite thrower of the football. That guy's ridiculous, some of the throws he makes. But, you know, the Rams, with Sean McVay, decided, you know what, this guy's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to upgrade. I'm an upgrade <laughs> with the number one pick. Yeah. And it won a Super Bowl for them. And they were back in the playoffs again this year. So, I mean, to your point, we're right out of the headlines with Dax 2-5 and five as a playoff quarterback. I don't think it's all his fault. But at the same time, he does not have that – elevation gene mm-hmm. um and that's you're going to be sticking with him so it doesn't give you much confidence i mean people are talking about my walking shoes and walking to dallas you know that's that that's become an ongoing conversation but at the same time it was based in in, in my belief that as long as he's in charge of the general manager role it's never changing remember the promise was to walk to dallas if they win a super bowl with jerry jones that's as the year. general manager not the owner he's a great owner he spends money. He's willing to spend money. He's, he's one of the shrewdest business people the league's ever seen. He's helped make more money for the NFL than maybe any other owner. That's true. But all he had to do was hire a GM at any point. Mm-hmm. But we know ego's the enemy. He's always going to do it his way. He'll never see that because it was always about proving to Jimmy Johnson and to himself that he could do it without Jimmy. 
And where we are, 30 years later. And he still can't do it. 30 years Jimmy. later, he won't do it. He won't, he won't do it. And he's seen it. we all know the answer, Rod. We all know the answer. We've known it since 1999 when I said that the first time. Yep. Fire yourself as general manager. Hire the best football operations person you can find and get the blank out of the way. I don't know if there's any sports take that's aged as good as that take is aged. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's probably the greatest sports take in Austin sports radio history. Well, it's, it, I mean, because at the but, time, you, you, said you based it on the, the fact <laughs> and your belief that if Jerry Jones is GM, he's, going, he's not going to make the, the necessary right moves. And he'll always and undercut the leadership. Because his ego will continue to get in the way. And even though he has gotten better, like you said, Will McClay now makes the personnel moves, so the, the roster is loaded with talent because Jerry's not necessarily making all these draft picks. It's Will McClay and it's Steven Jones. So he's ceded some control there, but he's still making the coaching higher. And as we've talked about all morning, the, G, the GM is the matchmaker. You gotta have you gotta pair up the right coach with the right quarterback, and then from then on be drafting the right players to fit in his system, and all those little details. I think Jerry Jones still picking the head coach is hurting him. Even though I know he, I know he won twelve games, you still are limited by the, the the quarterback and the head coach combination that you have paired together. Yeah, uh, and, and you know the owner always signs off on the new head coach, but the GM should pick who that coach should be, and then it, it present that to the owner. Look, this is through, this all, is through, our, through our thorough search. Yeah. Here's the coach we should go with, uh, aligns with whatever. Well, look, if Jerry Jones came out this morning and said, "Look, I, I you know I'm 81 years old, or going to be 81 this year," um, Will McClay is taking over full football operations. I'm stepping out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be a great first step, Rod. It would be a huge. Would first Will step. McClay keep Mike McCarthy? I don't think so. <laughs> I'd like. I'd like to know what he. But you know, maybe, maybe I don't know. Mm. Same time, I don't think that would that would fix everything because this is a thirty year old problem. But uh, it would be a great first step. It really would uh, for for the Cowboys. But I don't. Do I think that's going to happen? No, 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 and hell no. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe age. We talk about deadlines make deals. Jerry's Jerry's got a deadline coming. Um, which yeah. is we all will meet someday. Father time, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I'm with you. The mortality is staring him in the face, and I, I, he won't ever hire a GM. That's not going to happen. Not, not, he's not going to do it. No okay. way. Later on in the show, I don't. We won't have time coming up because we got to go at the turn coming up. Also, Rod's going to take us behind the burn orange curtain. I'll play you an old piece of sound. It's 30 plus years old, Rod. But do you remember, I think a lot of fans, even Ty, our producer, who's under the weather this morning, we'll check in with him how he's feeling this morning. There was a time that Jimmy Johnson, when he was coaching the Cowboys, actually called a radio station in Dallas and guaranteed a playoff victory against the 49ers. Called a radio show. That's crazy. I'll let you hear the story. Back when times were good for the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. this is what their coach did. Was listening to sports talk radio in Dallas, called the show. To tell them we're going to win tomorrow. It's bold, man. <laughs> we're going to win bold. the game against the 49ers. Put it in Steve bold print. Young, yeah. Right, put it in bold we'll print. let you hear that story yeah. coming up in our next hour. Actually, maybe we'll do it in off the record because it's really, that. really good. That's good. Uh, also, Rod's got all the Longhorn news coming. Who is uh, Isaiah Bond? Bond. Isaiah Bond. Also, <laughs> how big is Jade Barron coming back for that Texas secondary? And uh, what would it mean if Dwayne Aquina returned to DBU? It's Hook Up with Ian Rodby. So just let it be. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's Day. Certainly is always a good day to make it a Callahan's Day. Hopefully you did so ahead of this super hard freeze. We talked to Charlie Wilson from Callahan's, part of the uh, locally owned family operated team over there. Charlie got you uh, all the info you needed to get everything covered, the plants, the pipes, and the pets, and uh, hopefully you did so because it's very, very cold right now. Temperatures yes. in at 17 degrees in Austin, Ooh. Texas. Same for tomorrow. And uh, roadways, by the way, we did get a text from from a trucker out on uh, who said there was a bad wreck on 29 out in Georgetown near oh, University no. Boulevard. Uh, that you know, The more north you go through Austin into Williamson County, the worse the roads are. Be advised of that. Don Miller will be along with the traffics, but apparently a – I think, what do you say, a dump truck or something, a trash truck may almost went over the guardrail. Oh, no. So uh, it is slick, uh, especially north, especially on those elevated roadways. And today, this Monday morning, MLK Day ride will be the worst of the days because this is when we're expected to have some precipitation. Not a ton, but enough. 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 And uh, so be advised as you're out there. Fortunately, traffic is low and volume is low because of the MLK Day holiday. That is good. Tomorrow to be back to full volume, but... There's the dry air mass that's coming, which yeah. is going to minimize any precipitation. It'll yeah. still be really cold. So you won't get the freezing rain, so your roads won't be as slick uh, as they will be today. Right. Today's yeah. the day. Today's the day where it gets a little slick outside. So just dry, if you are out there, 
You got to be out there. Got to be slow. out there. Just drive slow. Weather Take here cold. Time. And, uh, you know, we announced on Friday our golf course of the month here in the month of January is mm-hmm. Great Hills, Great Hills Country Club, member-owned country club right there just south of the Arboretum, tucked into the Northwest Hills, a beautiful golf club uh, with a brand-new uh, clubhouse and total renovation. That place is awesome. Love our friends at Great Hills. We'll be telling you about them throughout the, the month of January. But uh, even there, it's a freeze today, hard freeze. There's probably not a lot of golf being played, Rod. They were playing golf in Honolulu over the weekend. Honolulu. Grayson Murray. Grayson Murray. What a cool story. Stuffed a wedge to three feet and birdied uh, to win in a playoff over Keegan Bradley and Byung Hung On. Uh, he wins his first event in a long, long time. But how about this, Rod? He's been sober eight months. Sober eight months. He's been on the tour for quite a while. But uh, got clean, he says, and uh, stopped. Uh, gave up the booze. And wins his first event that he's won in a long, long time. Can tell you something pretty cool. Uh, he cashes in. Not only to get him an automatic spot in the Masters for the first time in his career, now has a spot in the $20 million signature events the rest of the season. Grayson Murray. Grayson Murray. Good, Good story right that there. That is a great story. Yeah. Inspir- his first win in more inspired. than six years. Yeah. Pretty wow. awesome. Hey. Got himself in a good frame of mind. Exactly, right? Yeah, he's focused now. This oh. goes to Jerry Jones. The you talent can, can shine you through. You can say you want to do something and really, 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 really want it, or you can take the steps day by day to work towards the goal. It takes what it takes. It takes what it takes. You don't get to decide what it takes. <laughs> it takes what it takes. Yes, That's right. <laughs> you need to put it into work. Atomic Habits, Rod. Yep. Ego no is the enemy. Atomic Habits, two very good books for anybody mm-hmm. that's looking for that because uh, you're not going to – if you're goal-minded, that's fine, but you've got to – be task-minded on a day-by-day basis to achieve a goal. Well, yeah, and, you know, you have to learn from your mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> The definition of insanity <laughs> is repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You know, once you uh, learn from those mistakes, then you get to evolve as a human in your thought patterns, your your methods, all that evolves, and then that's when you can solve the problem. That's why we were just talking about this with the GOATs. We were literally just talking about this with Nick Saban and his coaching strategies and coaching, coaching oh. methods. They didn't work as well when he went to Miami, and then he figured it out all right you know what i gotta change some things up and those those little tweaks and some people say he just became more human oriented like he 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 kind of let his humanity show he was trying to be too much of a robot yeah yeah he showed some vulnerability um and actually that ended up helping him relate to players better and helped him create a more cohesive culture and a more constructive culture with his team and that's what he learned now people talk about oh man he's all about people he's all about the you know the players he cares he's compassionate about his players that's why you know they when they go off to the nfl you know, they still keep up with Nick Saban. They still come back. Um, that's a different Nick Saban than the Nick Saban that, you know, was the head coach of the Miami well, Dolphins. And the same thing with Bill Belichick. When he was with the Browns, he the Patriot way came from learning what not to do. Yeah. When he was with the Cleveland Browns and how, you know, they went about their business and how that was the wrong way. It was almost a George Costanza, hey, if the op- if, 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 every, if every habit and every uh, instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite must be right. That's where the Patriot way came from. So all these great coaches, they just learned from their mistakes, and Jerry Jones isn't doing that right now. Nope. Well, and I hate to say this because you just said something very nice about about my 1999 promise, which is going to be 25 years old this August. (laughs) But you know why it's aged well, Rod? It's because it was true. And I, I always say this. I said that on the heels of the Cowboys winning three Super Bowls in five years. So it was a really bold take. Oh, people probably shouted you down at the time. Jerry Jones walked on water, and all I was pointing out was, okay, well, as long as he stays as general manager, y'all, this ain't going to work. Jerry Jones, I mean, Jimmy Johnson was the, the fuel of this thing. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones was the paycheck, and Jerry Jones had his own vision for the organization, and good for him, but this ain't going to work, y'all. And so whatever, however it's aged, it's aged because it was right. Yeah. That it was accurate. Now, I've been wrong a lot on this on shows for 25 years, too. But at the same time, that one, chain of command matters in leadership. And as you just said, taking the proper steps, doing the proper things, uh, and, and organizing your, your, your organization the right way. Um, and if you don't, it, it's going to be a roadblock every single time. And so for the definition of insanity, hopefully Cowboys fans have started to stop buying in. It's not going to work until this guy gets out of the way, y'all. Yeah. And insiders <laughs> like Cowboys and like people in the league, they know that. Um, but I think the media and us, we get swept up. Because, well, because Cowboys, it gets clicks. Yes, they're the biggest TV star on the biggest TV show Because Jerry can always yeah. sell hope and hire a new coach and add this and do this, and they're always going to talk about him. Yep. It's, oh, like, like, I want me some glory. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Ty Henderson, our producer, can tell you that his moment when he fell in love with Longhorn football was when Vince Young crossed the goal line and won the Rose Bowl. Am I wrong about this, Ty? But Ty, Ty has never seen his Cowboys win a significant game. Only disappointment. Only disappointment. Yet he still loves them. 
Uh, until this year. Until this year. Yeah, he's, he's trying. No, to I'm, I'm, I'm good today. I, I told I you. I know you are. I mean, I've been saying this is going to happen for the last, since you that have, 49ers loss. You were right about that. And I will say this, but Ty has learned, but he, he fell in love with them based on the hope that was being sold by the great marketing man, Jerry Jones. Because he didn't, he didn't actually see them ever do anything. No. It was <laughs> talked about. That, like when I was young, like the, the good oh, days yeah. were, were discussed with oh, yeah. my, my mom and uncles the good and old stuff days. like that. Yeah. And, and, and the good old days were just as you were born, right? It just happened. 1997. You were born in what year? 1997. Yeah. So two years later, I made the promise about Jerry Jones because I can see where Jerry Jones – because the, the promise came – when Jerry then, after he was running the war room and making terrible draft picks, he also hired <laughs> – His fantasy team. He also hired Chan Gailey uh, and then Dave Campo. Yes, man. And I'm like, just, dude, these are puppets, y'all. Yes, these are yeah, puppets. Yes, man. And I, that's when I said it. And so, you know, and he's never changed. He's never changed, unfortunately. Hey, uh, all right, Rod, let's, uh, that'll wrap up. At the turn, congratulations to Grayson Allen. I would also say that uh, congratulations to uh, Tommy Fleetwood because over in Dubai – on our on the P on the tour, he beat uh, Rory McIlroy uh, and got a big win. So that's your at the turn. Brought to you by great friends at Callahan's General Store. At the turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year round for forty five years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? All right, there are a lot of headlines on the 40 acres. Um, we're trying to keep up with as many as we can. Uh, the big news confirmed is that Jade Barron will return to the 40 acres. Uh, he put out a video via social media. Uh, the Thorpe Award, uh, the Michael Huff Thorpe Award, had a, uh, an appearance in the video. And I believe there was a, tra- a jersey uh, number change that was also announced via the video uh, with Michael Huff in there that Jade Barron is now going to wear number seven. And and uh, apparently he's coming back because he has aspirations to win the Thorpe. That's what I, I kind of got from the video as well. If he's got aspirations to win the Thorpe, and I said this before, the Thorpe, you got to win the Thorpe with a great narrative about you as a DB. With any of these awards helps. Have a great narrative, have a great season. Having both um, can get, you know, you can become a finalist for any of these national, major national awards if you have a great narrative and the great stats and great play to back it up. I think Jade Barron will have a uh, great play. I think he will have a great season, but he's going to have enough splash plays. I think most of this season he was playing really solid uh, football, but I don't know if he had enough splash plays to end up being a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. And I think that in addition to his his really sound play um, and really consistent play, they should create a narrative, and I think they should create the narrative around cross-training Jade Barron to play multiple positions. We've seen him play outside corner, and of course we've seen him play nickel. Uh, situationally, there have been times where the formation calls for him to play field safety, and you'll see him back up. Now, it's happened sparingly, but I believe he can play safety. I remember reading an article from Chip Brown of Horns 247 um, talking about Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson remarking that, yeah, he's got a skill set that would, tr- would translate to playing safety. I think he can play any position in the secondary, and you have entities now like you know Sports Info, Sports Info Solutions and uh, Pro Football Focus that really track where players line up and oftentimes it's used to highlight a player's versatility, to highlight a player's uh, really, really malleable skill set. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, you've seen this with other you know, players around the league, and not around the league, but around college football, who have been championed as versatile players. I believe the narrative around uh, Jade Barron should be that he's the most versatile defender in the secondary in college football. And if you cross-train him, to have them situationally, matchup-wise, play corner, safety, and nickel, depending on, you know, what team you're playing that week, I do think he can end up being, you know, one of the uh, finalists in the Jim Thorpe Award. He's got that kind of talent and ability, but you need a narrative and you need stats to back it up. And I'm not sure he's going to get the stats, but I think he can – the narrative will fit. Yeah, the, the, the stats are easier than ever to come by. As the services flex. you talked about of how, how a player can have a huge impact on a game – just because you don't see it on the screen all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, those are the metrics you're see talking about. See that with D-tackles all the time. Yeah, you for know, sure. Look at those Pressures guys. and things that don't yeah. show up on the obvious you yes. know, scorecard. Uh, you, here's the impact they're having. And uh, Jade Barron Big. Let me ask you this, Rod. Uh, we had bullish or BS earlier, but um, if Dwayne Aquina does make the, the decision that's being reported and comes back, how, how much could that help uh, this Longhorn secondary along with uh, Blake Gideon and – 
and uh, you know Terry Joseph at corner. For those who don't or weren't here, maybe for the uh, the DBU era, Rod, you were a part of it. The numbers are eye popping with uh, Dwayne Aquina. Uh, Twelve years from 01 to 13 at Texas, he coached and developed three Jim Thorpe Award winners, two other Thorpe finalists, so five players who were either won it or were a, a top three finalist. He sent over a dozen DBs to the NFL, including you, Rod. Uh, and recruited and coached current Texas safety Blake Gideon. How mm. how big could this be if, if uh, Dwayne Aquino returns to help with the cross-training you're talking about? Yeah, it could be huge. Um, you know, I've, I've, been, I've gone into this in, in detail. We could do it in Rod's Rod the day maybe. I know we're up against it. But, you know, Coach Aquino's going to come in, and he'll be an analyst. So I don't know if he'll be a coach because coaches can coach on field and they can recruit. So you won't get his dynamic recruiting ability, which he's a fantastic recruiter. He's a rainmaker in that regard. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how much on field coaching um, he can do either as an analyst. I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure about the rules in that. I know they are limited in what they can do as an analyst. But if he comes in as an analyst, he basically can help in self-scouting and advanced scouting. And that still can be a tremendous help because the self-scouting, there are things that Texas is trying to do in their secondary, uh, like you know, have more multiplicity, have more versatility in the secondary that he can help with. He's, he's clearly got a record of, of training guys to play multiple positions, even here at the University of Texas. Um, and that's about expanding your football IQ. That's about increasing your football IQ. He's a he's a great football teacher. Um, he almost professorial <laughs> in the way that he breaks down the game. The reason I know the game um, so well from a you know a really kind of a chess match. Uh, I always talk about the chess match within the game. Um, that is because Coach Aquino kind of showed me the subtle nuances, the details behind uh, the schemes and behind strategy and behind tactics. Um, all the clues that I talk about about being a football investigator. I mean that comes from my time with Coach Akina. So he really opened my eyes to being a student of the game, something that I wasn't before. I was a football player. And I think you can be a good football player, but you won't be a great football player until you become a student of the game. And then I think your football IQ will help maximize all your other physical skill set, uh, all your other physical traits. And that's what I think Coach Akina can do, uplift the football IQ of every DB in that room, turn them into football investigators where they can analyze clues, they can analyze uh, different uh, details within uh, formations, within scheme, within personnel, and that will narrow down the, the diff- almost thin slicing, narrow down the ways an offense is trying to attack them. So he'll help these guys become better students of the game, um, and I also think he'll help Texas come up with better strategies on not only how to, um, you know, to exploit their opponents, um, but also how to solve their own issues, right? Texas had a lot of problems in the secondary this season, um, being able to defend certain concepts like target. You probably heard me talking about this a lot and probably were tired of it. Uh, targets to bunch formation, closely cluster groups of receivers, inside breaking routes, um, you know, empty formation was something they struggled with uh, last season. There were just a lot of concepts that I think uh, Coach Akina could provide solutions for, possible solutions for that they struggled with last season that will help them become a better secondary overall. Love it right there, yeah. You got to rep those things. Got to learn yeah. how to do it. It doesn't just happen, uh, especially when you're you're coming from high school where you're just you know you can cover anybody in high mm-hmm. school, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, and now you got to you know cover you know players who are probably better than you at a lot of levels. They've been doing it for longer than you, and that's what the Longhorns are going to try to Hope learn. Hope Day Barron. He wants to be a Thorpe Award winner. That guy's got a he's got a resume. He's got a history of him. <laughs> well, we'll have CB out there push this out. But I'm going to start calling the backfield this the five one two crew, Rod. I like that five one two crew. It's not bad. With uh, Michael Taft, the Taft Daddy, Jade Barron, and Andrew Makuba uh, to go with the others. But those are three of your, your core mm-hmm. guys in the secondary, the 512 crew, all from right here in Austin, Texas, Westlake, LBJ, and Pflugerville. Uh, pretty, pretty good. We'll come back. We will go off the record, Rod, including uh, Jim Harbaugh, maybe interviewing with the Chargers today. The Would Chargers. that be a good spot for him? Also, the, uh, the Peacock Network, even though you weren't happy with it, they were very happy with the results from Saturday night. Uh, we'll get to all the off-the-record conversations, including Robert Griffin III has a plan to fix the Cowboys, Rod. Robert RG3 has a plan to fix the Cowboys. Really? I want your thoughts. Coming back oh. on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of 
off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, it is off the record time. Stories maybe uh, you haven't heard, but you need to. They'll be talked about, including uh, that Peacock game on Saturday Night Raw that everybody was so mad about they didn't want to have to download yeah. it. I do love the people who don't want to spend the five dollars for the month of Peacock, but they probably went out to watch it at a bar somewhere and spent a hundred bucks. On yeah, a bar drinking tab. and eating, uh, <laughs> out. Yeah, gas, everything. But that's on principle. I'm not doing yeah, it. This is true. It's five bucks. Yeah, just five bucks. You but can cancel at the end of the month. It was a success for them. It was the most streamed event ever. 23 million people streamed that game. Yeah, they forced America to stream their product. And consumers decided. Also, and consumers, the game wasn't really even worth it. No, it wasn't that good. It was so cold, and the Dolphins were so lame. They, they just, yeah. We knew that, though. Yeah, they were All, not all the stats had told us the Dolphins are not going to show up in a cold well, weather game Well, and, of course, like their defense was banged up, and Bradley Chubb wasn't playing. I mean, they, they had 25 sacks injured, and so they couldn't get pressure on – Mahomes, and so they tried to blitz him, and every time he blitzed him, they he, he beat him. And then they didn't want to tackle on defense. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want to tackle no, Isaiah Pacheco in that not. game. So, but you know, we did get to see Taylor Swift with that big Travis Kelsey jacket on. Did you see that? Yeah, the big eighty-seven. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's made by isn't it made by like Kyle Juszczyk's wife? wife? Yeah, she makes those. And she's gonna make a fortune. She's on about that. to. I was just gonna say she's gonna kill it now because she put out like an Instagram video or something like that of how she makes them. I can make them for you. She's about to kill it. And I charge you an arm and a leg for it. Good for Kyle Juszczyk's, uh mm-hmm. for supporting her wife, his yeah. wife, but oh, yeah. putting all that out there. But smart, yeah. smart man, though. Now he's like, hey, now you can bring some revenue in this thing. It's good. Yeah. I well, did like it. Took to all the way revenue. to the end of the game for, uh, for uh, who was it? Who was the announcer? Go, oh, Jason Garrett. We got Jason Garrett, too, for three hours. Oh. That hurt. <laughs> that's, that stung. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? It's all right. Uh, the game, like I said, the game, the game lost my interest, though. That, that, was, a, that was a bad game early It on. wasn't great, and yeah. it was super cold. I mean, it was minus 27 wind chill. Go outside today, we're at 17. Imagine that 50 degrees cold. I was at a fan still showed <laughs> up. I was like, man, I wonder if fans going to show up. Nope. And then they'd go up. buy $12 beers, and they'd open it, and it would freeze immediately. Yeah, exactly. They said they, <laughs> they were using the, free, the, the, the fridges to keep the, the, uh, the, the beers and drinks cold. For I mean, freezing. sorry, keep them warm. Keep them from freezing. Yeah, because they were pull it out cold and immediately outside. Freeze. Oh, man, that's freaking. That's really cold. Yeah, I don't need to be there. What do you have an off-the-record, Rod? I need to be there. Okay, we probably should have known this may have been a good omen because uh, before the game that week, uh, Packers quarterback Jordan Love, who um, obviously played one of the best games he's ever played this past weekend. Uh, the day before the game, um, he made news because he helped a Milwaukee woman push her truck out of during a blizzard. Way to go, Jordan. Uh, stand-up dude. Yeah, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee student Lucy Kurowski says her car was stuck when a man came up to help her. She was shocked when she noticed that the man was Jordan Love. He gets out of his car, and he's like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, are you Jordan Love? <laughs> um, she said, I was fangirling. It's blowing up, and I think everyone is truly seeing that he's not just an MVP on the field, but just a great, great person. He's a great representation of what Green Bay is. There you go. Well, he played great. Some good yeah. vibes, good mojo before the game, man. A couple of young quarterbacks excelling with Jordan Love and Green Bay and C.J. Stroud in Houston. All right, I'll play this for you, Rod, because I just saw a video with my, well, Troy, Michael Irvin was yelling and screaming on his hotel balcony somewhere. He's always yelling Everybody's and mad. I mean, look, Cowboy fans are rightfully mad. This was an embarrassment. Um, you know, as good as the Packers were, Cowboys were a wholesale failure. But I wanted to play this for you because, you know, my promise of walking to Dallas stemmed from, you know, I, I, I grew up an Oilers fan. You know that, Rod. But when I got to St. Edwards in 1991, all of my friends were Cowboys fans. Oh, yeah. All of them, right? Without. So I'm the only Oilers fan of my buddies. And then the Cowboys are having training camp at St. Edwards, so I got to be around the Cowboys. So even though I hated them, I had a huge respect for Jimmy, John- for Jimmy Johnson, what okay. he was doing and the swag that they carried. Yeah. I, was, oh, I was a little man. bit jealous, Rod. Oh, it's awesome. Then they brought in Prime and the whole thing. It was crazy. But I want to play this for you because this goes back to when it was good. Ty wasn't even born when it was good. A lot of you folks listening weren't. Listen to this piece. This was from a Dick, uh, NFL Films piece about the, how great the Cowboys were and and set this up with this is Jimmy Johnson this is what you hear at the beginning him talking about driving around listening to Dallas Sports Talk Radio in the early 90s this is where Sports Talk Radio began mm-hmm. the ticket in Dallas and the formation of it all was centered around the Cowboys there had been some sports talk in New England and you know New York but Dallas was the first in the south that had Sports Talk Radio and listen to this about a minute and 30 seconds about uh, Jimmy Johnson calling a call-in talk show. This is unbelievable. This is how confident he was in his football team and the type of leader and mental toughness that the Cowboys brought to the field. Who's going to win the game, San Francisco or Dallas, et cetera, et cetera. And so I said, well, I'll just solve this right here and now. And so I called in. I said, we will 
the ball game. And you can put it in three-inch headlines. We will win the ball game. The next morning, I did see him, and Emmett said, well, Coach, he said, you wrote a check. I guess we're going to have to cash it. That's Coach Johnson way. <laughs> you know what I mean? He comes in and says, hey, this is what we will do, period. And, and hey, if you hear that enough, if you hear it enough, you'll be like, yeah, we will do this and we will do that. I mean, it, it's just an attitude, and that's what he installs in us. Maybe it was the Pygmalion effect and the self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I know this. It irritated the San Francisco players. Probably one of the classiest players that's ever, ever played the game, Jerry Rice. I guess they were so hyped up about it. You know, he takes a swing, 15-yard penalty to start the ball game off. And so it evidently had a negative effect on San Francisco. Cowboys knock Steve Young and the Niners off their game. How about them Cowboys came from a call to the Sports Talk Radio show. You heard the call. That's crazy. How good it was, Rod. Imagine today somebody doing something like that. Yeah. Calling the talk show and guaranteeing a victory. (laughs) Three-inch type. That's that's bold, man. That's brass. But you know what? That's a coach who knew his team was young and knew they needed something. And they were playing Jerry Rice and Steve Young and this, you know, collection of Hall of Famers in San Francisco. That's pretty awesome. Damn good. I remember them days. I remember that. God. It went back and forth. Dion twitching sides. Oh, that was nice. That was, yeah, that was sweet. And the Cowboys were the Cowboys, man. Last time it's been. I know. And look at, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's the whole point is that yeah, the 49ers have been down, but they've come back. They've come in back that up. Time span. Yeah. They've been down. There's nothing wrong with being down for a while, but you got to come back. And the Cowboys you just say, can't seem to get back there. There's a ceiling. Can't as long seem to as get Jerry's back there, in charge. Man. And yeah. you, you missed that edge. Listen to Michael Irvin there talking about, you know, you hear somebody say enough that you're going to do something. Well, then you have kind of milk toast Mike McCarthy. He doesn't, he's not a motivator. That's what the coach is about, attitude, man. The coach is the one determines the attitude of the team. Look at D'Amico. Mm-hmm. Look at Dan Campbell. They believe, yeah. Dan Campbell, he's all attitude. All attitude. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, there you go. There's some uh, – sorry to play that. but uh, no, That's good. What, what, that was good the, stuff, man. That really was. This one tied to here, and the Cowboy fans will remember Three that. Three-inch tight. You had a football coach who called a talk show. Called a talk show. And guaranteed, guaranteed it. Against the 49ers. <laughs> Not against some scrub team. Against the 49ers with Hall of Famers on it. All We're over gonna the place. We're going to beat them. All over the place. We're going to beat them. We will win the game. Damn. And I believe they did put it in the paper in three-inch oh, tight. Oh, three-inch tight. <laughs> it was in the death Dallas Morning.